I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be here. I'd like to thank our pastor, first of all. I love our preacher. Let me just, um, a little bit about me very quickly. Most of you, I, I work at the college with my, uh, with my family. We've had the opportunity to be here now just about seven years. But really, this, this time of year is special to, to us, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. But I'm thankful that about seven years ago, uh, here within the next couple of weeks, my wife and I and our oldest, our oldest child, our son AJ, came through here. I was pastoring in Georgia at the time, and we came here to visit Hiles Anderson College. Our son was trying to decide where he wanted to go to college, and we came here to visit the college, and we're going through some difficult things. And uh, our, our pastor, Pastor Wilkerson, at that time, was a pastor to me. I was the first time I'd ever met him in my life was when we came here to church that Sunday, and uh, he helped me just from that time. I, I knew my heart was just, just knit to our pastor. I love our pastor so much, and his heart to help preachers. And uh, we went back home after that, back to Georgia, and we're, we're working on some things. And just a couple of months later, pastor kind of, as he does with so many pastors around the world, I uh, would call or text me occasionally, just, hey, just want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I, of course, at that time thought, you know, how, with everything this guy has going on, why is he bothering with me? And then I realized that he bothers with everybody somehow. But it was a blessing. I'll never forget, it was the first weekend in May of that year, so just a couple months later, that uh, Pastor called me on a Friday morning. And he said, Brother King, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you've been on my heart all week. And he said, I'm just a few minutes from walking out on the platform for graduation here at the college. We've got college graduation this morning, but you were on my heart, and I just wanted to call you and see if there's something I could pray for. And again, I'm thinking, a few, and I found out later, it was just a few minutes from walking out on the platform for graduation. I'm thinking, why is he calling me a few minutes before walking out on the platform for graduation? And I told him, I said, Pastor, I said, we actually just put our house on the market, and uh, we really needed to sell, and we needed to sell quickly. And we, uh, the, the realtor wanted us to list it for a lot less than we did, but we, that's what we need to get for the house, and would you just pray that our house sells? And he said, absolutely, let's pray right now. Prayed with us there on the phone, and uh, he said, I got to go. We're go. They're going to walk out without me. I got to go. So he, he uh, hung up the phone, and just a couple hours later, my realtor calls me, and he said, Aaron, he said, I can't even explain this to you, because he told me, he said, I'll list it for what you want to list it for but you need to be ready to drop your price in a hurry. He said, it's going to be, he says, if you want to sell the house in a hurry, you're going to need to be ready to drop your price right away and uh, to make it more attractive or whatever. But he called me, this was, this was three days after we put the house on the market. He said, I can't even explain this to you, but he said, I just got a full price, no contingencies offer on your house. I said, somebody's been praying. He said, whoever's praying for you needs to be praying for me. And it was, it was just an unbelievable blessing, and just, we, just, just everything about it. I could, I could spend an hour just telling you the little details that um, we, we wanted to close on a certain date because of you know, our son graduating and all that stuff, and it was the, the date they asked for closing was the exact day that we had prayed that it would be on that day, and just a lot of different things like that. Fast forward about a month and a half, and we were getting ready to close on the house. We were planning on moving to Wisconsin, but not really while, while we were waiting to see what the Lord had next for us. And a Friday night, my wife and I were just talking. And I had not finished my degree when I came here for college back in 96, 98. I met my wife, but then 
went. My dad had asked me to come back and help in the ministry there in my home in Oshkosh. And so we were planning on doing that. And I hadn't finished my degree. I lacked a year from finishing my degree. And Friday night, just two weeks before we moved, I already had the U-Haul reserved and everything. We were going to Wisconsin. Friday night, my wife says to me, she says, you know, honey, she said, I would give anything if you could just finish your degree. She knew it was important to me. There had been several situations where you had tried to do that, but just the Lord kept changing situations, circumstances. And that was Friday night. Saturday morning, again, Pastor Wilkerson calls me and says, Brother King, I have an idea. And this was very much out of the blue for me. It's not like we had been discussing this or anything. He said, I know you have some experience in maintenance and things. And he said, I, we need some help at the college in maintenance. He said, I can't pay you a lot, but he said, I'll let you finish your degree for free. You won't have to pay any, any tuition or anything, and you can come back and finish your degree. Because him and I had talked a little bit about that when I was here to visit in March. And he said, I'll let you finish your degree for free if you'll come help me out on maintenance. And... Uh, I, knowing what I had just talked to my wife about the night before, and knowing I just, we just knew right away, I told him I was going to talk to my wife about it, and I did, but I just knew it was of the Lord. And the Lord brought us here, and it's just amazing to me to see how the Lord has helped in so many different ways in our lives, and through our pastor. And I thank God for our pastor, but I thank God for pastor school and the opportunity we have to be a blessing to others. Turn your Bibles with me, if you will, for a minute, and I, I am going someplace with that, just so you know, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and this is birthed out of something, and i gotta, I got to tell you kind of how this came to be. Several months ago, a friend of mine from my home church there, Wildwood Baptist Church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, um, called me, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, is the youth pastor there now, and kind of directs some things with that, and they have kind of a statewide youth rally that they run every year. They've done it for probably over a decade now. And he called me, they call it Teen Mania. And he called me, he said, Aaron, would you, I, we'd love to have you come and preach a couple of sessions at Teen Mania this year. And of course, I love teenagers. I spent 15 years as a youth pastor. And I said, I would, I would love to do that. And the way that they run things there, they kind of decide, their group of people at the church, the pastor and the youth pastor and a couple others, they go through, they decide on a theme, and then they choose topics, and they choose passages of Scripture or whatever that they want you to preach out of and so to make sure that everything fits with their theme. And then they have some breakout sessions, and they were talking a little bit about it. He said, we'd like you to preach these couple of sessions. We want you to preach out of this passage on this subject, and that's fine. He said, we have some breakout sessions, and we kind of split them all up already, but we were talking about it. And we couldn't think of anybody better to speak on depression. How am I supposed to take that? They said, we, we feel like you would be the, per, the perfect person to speak on depression. I was like, what is that? I don't even know. I don't know if that's because they, you know, they think I could help people or I've been through it a lot or maybe because I work with the college kids. How could you work with that many college kids and not be depressed? I don't know what it is. But I was, you know, I just, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I'm a pretty, if you know me at all, I'm a pretty happy guy. I don't really walk around down in the dumps and depressed and really, you know, I, and so to be honest with you, for the last month and a half, I've been reading books on depression <laughs> and it's depressing. <laughs> it's no fun reading books on depression. 
I feel like I started out at a good place, but the more I read books on depression, I'm like, man, there's some people out there that need help. <laughs> I had, I mean, in the one book, he says, I, you know, as a, a man, uh, the guy that wrote the book, he said, I've been doing these conferences. It's an older book. It was written several decades ago. But he said, I go around the country and do these conferences, and I ask people, and he said, every place I go, I ask for a raise of hands of people that have never been depressed. He said, I've never, I, I speak to thousands of people a year, and I've never had somebody raise their hand. And then I started to think about it. And I thought, you know, everybody has a tough time sometimes. Right, Brother Hiles? Be kind to everybody, because everybody's having a tough time. Either they have been through something, they are going through something, or they will be going through something, or somebody that they love, somebody that they know, somebody that they care about is going through something. And so I'm not speaking to you this evening necessarily on depression, but I'm going to speak to you on my life verse, which is Philippians 4.13, which is, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And I can't tell you... I. There's a lot of great verses, great passages of Scripture that I love in the Bible, but that verse has helped me. Um, I, I could spend hours, and I won't. I'll be done on time, but I, I, I can't tell you what a help that's been to me. And so the title of my message this evening is, I Can. I Can. Now, a couple of growing, having children, and, and we grew up without a TV in our house, but I'm a, I'm a liberal, wicked parent that has a television in my house, and my kids watched some cartoons when, I, when they were growing up, and we were careful about those things. But one of the cartoons that, um, when our son was little, that was around, and some of you uh, may recognize this, was Thomas the Train. And Thomas the Train was always, uh, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And then AJ, being a boy, and why, you know, I like building stuff, and so AJ grew up liking to watch Bob the Builder. And Bob the Builder was always, can we fix it? Yes, we can, right? But then there was Lofty. Lofty was the crane. And everybody, Bob the Builder, they would say, can we fix it? Everybody else would say, yes, we can. And then Lofty would say, oh, uh, yeah, I think so. And sometimes that's how we feel. Philippians chapter 4, let me read with you. I'm going to start in verse number 8. It says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this place. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that that's what we're gathered here together for this evening, is to hear something from your word and from your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd help. I pray that you'd add your blessing to your word tonight. We love you. I pray that you'd bless our preacher tonight as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
It's interesting to me, as I was reading and studying a little bit on depression and, look, and, and, and looking at different things and how to overcome depression, and there's a, a lot of different ideas on that, but really it comes down to one thing. One of the privileges I had in as a youth pastor was I had seven years that I got the opportunity to work in Rockford, Illinois. As a youth pastor there, it's the birthplace of Reformers Unanimous, and so I got to be a part of the RU ministry for a number of years, and I listened to people over and over again talk about in their testimonies as they graduated from the program, which was such a blessing to me. I never made it through an RU graduation without crying. And just to hear testimonies, what God had done in people's lives. And I, I love to hear that, but over and over again, they would say, I'm just so thankful for the program. And the program changed my life. And the RU program, and what a blessing the program is. And I understood what they meant, because what the program really is, is what God's program is for all of us. I read something this, this earlier today by Brother Currington, who started the RU program with Pastor Kingsbury, and uh, he, he said this, he said, really, the whole design of the program is to teach people to have a dynamic walk with the Lord. That is the solution. And I was, as I was reading through some of these things, I was looking at this passage, I'm going to look at two other passages, and, uh, but, but looking at Paul's epistles, when you look at verse 8, that he says here, he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any virtue, if there, or whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, as I read through that list, I'd like to think about those things. Those are the kind of things I want to think about. How many of you in here would like to think about those things, right? I'd like to think on true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. That's the kind of things I'd like to think about. However, instead, I have to think about bills, and I have to think about discipline, and I have to think about work, and I have to think about, I don't want to think about a lot. I want to think about the good things. And that's, that's part of, we, we read a list like that, and it's easy to read that list in verse 8 and say, well, yeah, any, any Christian, especially somebody that loves the Lord, would say that's the, that's the kind of things, that's how I want to think. You know, Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't do those things. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing those things. But that's, that's where I'd like to live. I'm going to look at a couple other passages of Scripture that are where I'd like to live, and then we'll bring it back and we'll be done this evening. But turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians. Just back a few pages. Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter 5. He says this in verse number 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things unto God and the, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. In those verses, again, I'd like to live, to, I'd like to live there. That's where I want to be, speaking to yourselves, Psalms, hymns, spiritual song, giving thanks always in all things, submitting yourself one to another. Those are all good things. And I read that list and I say, that's where I want to be. That's, that's who I want to be. I believe that's who God wants me to be. And I believe probably just about everybody in this room, if you read that, you would say, that's where I want to be. That's who I want to be. That's how I want to think. That's how I want to live. I want to walk around with a song in my heart. I want to be a thankful person. That's who I want to be. Turn to one other passage with me, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and another very familiar passage, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 
meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. I want those things in my life. I want to think about those things. I want to experience those things. The, the, the song in my heart, the thanksgiving. I want to produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance in my life, which are evidences of the Holy Spirit of God working in my life. As I was reading these things, and it's a challenge, all of those things are a challenge to me, I noticed, it, I noticed something else in all of those chapters. So back in Philippians for just a minute, if you will. Philippians chapter number 4. If we're, gonna, if we're going to think on things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, things of virtue and things of praise, if I'm going to think on those things, look at verse number 13. I can't do that by myself, but how can I think on those things? Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. If you read chapter 4, there's several other things in the chapter. For instance, in verse number 4, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I can't do that by myself. But I can through Christ. I can't think on those things all the time like I ought to or like I want to by myself. But I can through the Lord Jesus Christ. Be careful for nothing, verse 6, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Then verse number 19, talking about how can I do that, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. It's in God. How can I think on those things? And where we struggle, and here's what happens. Just talking back again as I was reading through, I, I, I didn't know anything about depression, so I had to read about it to learn about it, Okay. But in reading about it, really what it comes down to, most of the time when people are struggling with depression, maybe you're somebody here this evening that you say, Brother King, I'm struggling right now. And I don't mean at all, forgive me, if it, I don't mean to make light of it. It's a very serious thing that many, many people struggle with. But oftentimes the problem, most of the time, the problem is I'm focusing on me and I'm focusing on right now. I forget about the goodness of God for thousands of years and in decades in my own past and all the things that God has done before now. I forget about all the promises of God for the future and the promises of God that he'll get me through right now. And I focus on me and I focus on right now. And to be honest with you, if I focus on me and right now for very long, that can be depressing. But he says, through Christ, in Christ, I can do all things. Look at Ephesians with me for just a minute. Ephesians chapter 5. Immediately preceding, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. What does he say right before that, in the two verses before that? Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I can't speak to myself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in my heart, giving thanks in all things. I can't do that, submitting myself one to another in the fear of God. I can't do that by myself. I need, you need, the Holy Spirit of God filling me. I need to be yielded to him, allow him in Christ. I need to allow him to do that work in me. I get frustrated because I... 
I've tried to do those things by myself. I know this is where my mind should be. I know this is where my heart should be. I know this is where I should be. So let me try to do it. And I try and I try and I try and I fail. And then I get depressed. I get frustrated. Because my heart is to do what I ought to do. But when I try to do it by myself, I will, sooner or later, I will fail. But if I'm filled with the Spirit, I can do those things. Look back in Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 5. 22 and 23, very familiar, the fruit of the Spirit. But if you back up just a few verses before that, what does he say in verse number 16? This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Jump down to verse 25. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to produce, the, the thing about the fruit of the Spirit is, it, it, it says the fruit of the Spirit, it's something that the Holy Spirit of God produces in you. And you cannot produce any of those things. I cannot produce any of those things the way that they ought to be in my life by myself. We struggle. We work hard sometimes to produce love in our own lives. And joy, I want to have, I don't believe anybody here doesn't want to have joy in their life. The problem is, it is the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. They're his that he produces in us, and if I try to manufacture that on my own, it'll be a sorry excuse, it'll be a sorry replacement for what God can produce in me. And over and over again, with all of these things, what you find out is, the fruit of the Spirit, the things I'm supposed to think about, the things that are supposed to be evidenced in my life, that are supposed to be outworkings of, an outworking of an inward condition in me, it all comes to my walk with the Lord. And when I try to produce in me what God is supposed to produce in me, I'm going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated. It has to come from him. It's interesting to me that in both Galatians and Philippians, you're towards the end of the book, you're in the last chapter of the book, and he says, finally, brethren, finally, my brethren, think on these things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are. He says, this, this is, if I could bring it, if you, back in Ephesians, it's in chapter 6 when he says that right before, he says, put on the whole armor of God. Again, I can't do that by myself. I need the Holy Spirit's help to put that armor on. He says, finally, brethren, if you're going to live, if I'm going to live where the Holy Spirit of God wants us to live, I need his help. I cannot do that by myself. That is, the, the answer to all of our problems is to walk with the Lord in his spirit. That really is the answer. It's a simple thing to say. It's a challenging thing to do. It's challenging to live there. Paul said, I die daily. Because if I don't, then he can't produce those things in me. That is the secret to walk in the Spirit. But what does that mean? What does that mean to walk in the Spirit? We say that oftentimes, and just to simplify it, I'm going to give you three things and I'll be done. Number one, to listen to him. To listen to him. Hebrews chapter number 3 in verses 7 and 8. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, and then verse 8, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. You say, I want God 
to work in my life. I want to hear his voice. I want to hear from God. He says, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You have to keep your heart tender and you have to listen. I have to listen for the Lord. Oftentimes we want to talk to him, but we need to do more listening and less talking oftentimes. But start with listening. If you'll hear his voice, harden not your heart. Then in Hebrews chapter 4, the second thing, besides listening to him, we need to talk to him. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses number 15 and 16 says this, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He says, come to me. I want, understand, God is a loving father that wants you to have it's not something, you've got to earn it. You, you've got to be, you've got to do this, 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 and this. And then he says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you'll come and ask, I want you to have it. We have to listen to him. We have to talk to him. We have to tell him. You know, oftentimes with our children, they make it very clear. You know, our kids don't struggle, especially come Christmas time. They have very subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways of telling you exactly what they want. God says, you say, well, he knows my heart. He does. But sometimes he wants you to talk to him. Heard an illustration of a, a man that he, a wealthy man, and his son had uh, got a certain allowance every year, and he gave it to his son once a year, and it, it got to the point where the only time he ever saw his son was once a year on the day when he was supposed to get that yearly allowance. The father, wanting to see his son, changed it and said, I'm going to give you your allowance every day. I'm going to give you the same amount of money, but I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give it to you every day. For one reason, because I want to see you every day. God wants to see you every day. He has what you need for every day. He'll give you everything you need for today, but he wants to see you every day. He says, come see me and I'll give you what you need. The third thing, and I'm done, is obey his leading. Listen to him, talk to him, and then obey his leading. Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 22 and following. Again, a very familiar passage of scripture. He says this, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but, so much, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If we'll just listen to him and we'll talk to him, and we'll obey his prompting. All those things that, that we read at the beginning that we want in our lives, he says, I'll do the work of produce. I'll, I'll give you the song in your heart. I'll help your mind be what it should be so you can think on the things you ought to. And I'll produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. But you've got to obey me and you've got to yield to me. If you do, I'll do what I promised I will.